to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. We are in our second Sunday of our sermon series on the, the fruit of the Spirit. And I'll just remind you really quickly, the fruit of the Spirit comes from the book of Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And it says this, By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And I'll remind you that when we look at this verse, the fruit of the Spirit, it's singular. That this is a gift that the Spirit gives us that bears fruit, and it's got all these different aspects. And so each week we're looking at a different aspect of the fruit of the Spirit this morning. We'll look at joy. So before we go to look at this scripture for this morning, let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray. Holy God, we are grateful for this opportunity to be here this morning, gathered together in your presence. And so God, we pray that the words that are read, the words that are spoken, the words that are heard are your words, that you would be at work molding us and shaping us into the people you desire for us to be. And may this encounter with you be so powerful that we cannot walk away unchanged. In your holy name we pray, amen. We're going to look at the 16th chapter of the gospel according to John. We'll start at verse 16 and read through verse 22. I would invite you to listen now for the word of the Lord. So Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says this, A little while and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Then some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying to us a little while and you will no longer see me? And again, a little while and you will see me? And because I am going to the Father? They said, what does he mean by this a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, are you discussing among yourselves what I meant when I said a little while and you will no longer see me? And again, a little while and you will see me? And Jesus goes on to say, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You will have pain, but your pain will turn into joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when her child is born, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy of having brought a human being into the world. So you have pain now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am a terrible memorizer. I cannot memorize anything. And I think the primary problem is, it is blank in here, y'all, like blank. I cannot, if you're like, close your eyes and picture the beach, I'll close my eyes. There are no pictures. I cannot, there's nothing, which might explain so many things, but there's nothing up there. And so I have such a hard time memorizing because I can't see these images of the words or whatever. So when I was in elementary school, our children's director, Miss Margaret, encouraged us to go home and memorize Psalm 100. 
I'm not into memorizing. No, thank you. And then she said, anyone who comes back next week, memorize it, who has memorized Psalm 100, gets a prize. Well, lucky thing, I am into prizes. So I go home and I work all week to try and memorize Psalm 100. I work and I work and I work, and I walk into church the next Sunday. I have memorized Psalm 100. So I find Miss Margaret so I can recite it for her. I do not still have Psalm 100 memorized, but what I do recite for Miss Margaret is this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Miss Margaret is delighted that someone actually went home and memorized Psalm 100 and she declares, I have won the prize. The prize is this. This is an illustrated book of the 23rd Psalm and she told me to go home now and memorize this one. I think there was some confusion. Memorizing more scripture is not a prize. <laughs> I, I still feel like Miss Margaret owes me some ice cream or something like that, I don't know. But nonetheless, Psalm 100, even though I don't still have it memorized, Psalm 100 has this place inside of me. And so as soon as I heard that we were talking about joy this morning, I thought of that Psalm. And I thought about to make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And I think part of the reason I thought it was so important for us to look at the Psalm this morning is because not only does Psalm 100 call us to joy, but it tells us why we have this joy. It tells us why this joy is so important. What makes it different that we have joy in the Lord? It explains to us that we have joy because we know that the Lord is God. That we have joy because God made us, that we are God's people. <laughs> that we're the sheep of God's pasture. We have joy, this Psalm tells us, because our identity is in God, because we know that we've been created by God, that we are being held by God, and that is such a good thing, that we then have our people of joy, and therefore, our declarations are declarations of joy. Now, to be clear, the psalm didn't say anything about being happy because there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is a feeling, it's an emotion that we experience based on the circumstances that are around us. Happiness comes and goes, it can be fleeting, because for Pete's sakes, when the dog bites and the bee stings and when I'm feeling sad, I'm not happy then. But all I have to do is think about a brown paper package tied up with string and then I'm happy again. <laughs> Happiness is fickle. But joy, joy isn't based on how we're feeling. Joy is our very identity. It's the foundation of who we understand ourselves to be in relation to this God who made us, this God who cares for us, and this God 
who carries us. And then, and then Psalm 100 ends by telling us that the Lord is good. That God's love endures forever and that his faithfulness is for all the generations. And because of that, because we are constantly being sustained then by this unconditional love and this never-ending faithfulness of God, because of that, our joy then is constant. It's steady. It's secure. It can't go anywhere. It holds us. Our joy is real. There is a book called The Book of Joy that I would absolutely encourage you to put, get your hands on. It's written by a man named Douglas Abrams, and he spends a whole week with the Archbishop Desmond Tutu and His Holiness the Dalai Lama. They spend this whole week discussing joy and what is joy and what does it look like to live in joy, which is interesting, of course, because... Desmond Tutu is constantly fighting oppression and the apartheid. The Dalai Lama has been exiled from his home country. These aren't exactly joyous circumstances. And so together they sit and they discuss what is joy and how they know joy. In the beginning of the book, they take time to define what joy is exactly. And the archbishop says this, it is wonderful to discover that what we want is not actually happiness. It's not actually what I would speak of. I would speak of joy. Joy subsumes happiness. Joy is the far greater thing. And he references our scripture from this morning then. He says, think of a mother who is going to give birth. Almost all of us want to escape pain. And mothers know that they're going to have pain, the great pain of giving birth. But they accept it. And even after the most painful labor, once the baby is out, you can't measure the joy. It is one of those incredible things that joy can come so quickly from suffering. Certainly, we know joy in a wholly different way than we would experience or feel the emotion happiness. I love the line, joy subsumes happiness. It gives us a greater purpose, a greater understanding of who we are. But I don't want us to miss that last line that the archbishop said, that last thing that he highlights. Because I think if we're being real, we know we need to acknowledge that joy has some sort of relationship with suffering. And I can't, <laughs> I can't help here but pull a Jeff Myers and reference an obscure 80s hip hop song because Rob Bass has been singing to me all week long. <laughs> he sings the joy and pain are like sunshine and rain. Over and over, you can be sure there will be sorrow, but you will endure where there's a flower there's the sun and the rain. Oh, it's wonderful. They're both one and the same. Joy and pain are like sunshine and rain. You're welcome for putting that earworm in your ear now, and you will hear it all day long. But we, you and I live in the real world. 
We have to acknowledge that pain is real. We have to acknowledge that we have experienced pain and that somehow, some way, there is some sort of relationship between joy and pain. If we pretend like or tell people that as Christians, we get to live in a joy-filled vacuum that is free of pain, then at least we are being naive, but it has the potential to be very dangerous and harmful to feel that way or say that. There is something about joy and pain. And I think that's exactly what Jesus is getting at in the Gospel of John. That's why we're looking at this passage in the Gospel this morning. That's exactly the place where Jesus and the disciples are finding themselves. Because as Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples, he is days away from suffering. He is days away from being killed So certainly Jesus is acknowledging the pain that is to come. But as he is speaking to the disciples, let's be real, the disciples are feeling that too. This one that they love, the one that they have given their lives to, the one that they have followed and mentored and committed to, this this friend, this mentor, is leaving them. There will be grief And then they're going to go on and they're going to start the church. And then they're going to be persecuted for the church. They're going to experience suffering and pain and hurt and grief and anxiety and fear and loneliness. Their hearts will ache and their souls will suffer. And what Jesus says to them is you will know joy. In all these things, Jesus says, you will will know joy. What a thing it is to be a follower of Jesus. Many of you know that a year and a half ago, my aunt died. It was sudden, unexpected, it was tragic. But the fact that my aunt had two of her grandchildren living with her multiplied the grief. The younger of the two children, Charlie, came to join the Slocum family. And while we do not love the circumstances that brought him here, we adore the fact that he is part of our family. Charlie's sister, Kaylee, was just about to begin her senior year. She'd been named drum major. She was very close to completing a certified nursing assistant program. Leaving Kentucky would have been difficult and significantly impacted what her future was going to look like. So the family met together, and the decision was made that she would stay in Kentucky and live with a friend to finish out high school. This past May, Charlie and I headed to Kentucky to celebrate his sister for her high school graduation. And I was not prepared for how I felt being back in Kentucky. There were these little pangs of grief that would sneak in and attack me at any moment. We would be heading somewhere and I would realize, oh my goodness, that's my aunt's Kroger. That's the turn to her house. That's the CVS where she bought that cheap, disgusting fruit wine she liked to drink. (laughs) Over and over again were these reminders of the life that had been there that wouldn't be there that weekend. And yet, 
what a joy it was to cheer for Kaylee as she crossed the stage. What a celebration afterwards when so many people that had loved her like family had gathered around her to celebrate what she had accomplished. The entire time we were there, my heart and soul were in this constant tug of war between grief and joy. What I have been learning over the last year and a half is that two things can be true. But what Jesus is telling us here, what we know because we are reading about it in the Gospel of John, is that because we are children, because of the good news of the gift of the Holy Spirit, and because of this joy that we get to know in our lives, not only can two things be true in our life, but the good news is two things are true. That that pain and the grief and the suffering that we are going to feel, that is not what we are intended for. The scripture tells us the good news is that there is joy even in those things, that the joy is real, that we are not left to the, the pain and the suffering, but that we get to know the, the reality of the saving grace of joy. As a matter of fact, I would offer that we would know the joy better and more intimately because of the reality of the hurt in our lives. And then, and then Jesus goes on in our scripture, that last verse that we read together to tells us that it is the joy that will endure into eternity, not the pain, but the joy that will endure into eternity. Jesus says, so you have pain now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Much like we saw in Psalm 100, where we were reassured of God's love and faithfulness and the fact that they will endure forever. Here, Jesus is highlighting for us that so will your joy in Christ Jesus. No one will take that from you. Steve Haynes was the president of Columbia Theological Seminary when he was diagnosed with an aggressive pancreatic cancer. He and his wife, Cheryl, kept a journey all through, a journal all through their journey with the illness, and Cheryl even continued it some after his death. It's a, they published it in a book. It's a fantastic book. I would certainly commend it to you. It's called Joy in the Journey. It's remarkable. But I want to share with you this excerpt from a passage, an entry that she wrote after Steve had died. She's reflecting on this same struggle, this same tug of war. She's talking about this mixture of gratitude and tears that she is constantly feeling and how her faith, how Steve's faith, how their faith held them all through this journey. And she says this, Steve is now face to face with God, fully in God's presence, and he is knowing fullness of joy no more scarcity, no more drops, but abundant, overflowing fullness. Joy fully. She goes on to talk about how much she's learned from Steve, how much she appreciated and valued their marriage and relationship, how much she grew closer to Jesus because of her time with him. And so she ends the entry by saying, my heart is full 
even in grief. For Cheryl, the gracious good news is that two things are true. But for Steve, for Steve, the blessed gospel is that it is the joy that has endured That no longer does he know the pain, no longer does he know the suffering, but no longer holding on to two things because he is knowing joy fully. The blessed truth that we get to know, the gift of the Spirit that we get to have because we are God's people, is that not only do we cling to that joy that we get to know, but Scripture assures us that that joy is tenaciously holding on to us. And so therefore we claim Psalm chapter 30 verse 5 over and over and over again that weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Friends, we will know grief. We will know pain. But the scripture assures us that two things are true And in the midst of all of those things, there is a joy that is sturdy and is steady and no one will take that from us. And the good news is that there will be a day that we too will know joy fully. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy God, indeed we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the gifts of the spirit, for the gift of joy that we would know. So God, we pray that you would continue to speak into our lives, calling us to be your people and to live out joy. In your name we pray. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.